0: what do I mean by value? Value is is about the value you provide to your clients, but it's also about the social proof, the trust that somebody comes in and sees you. So you want to weave in things like the social proof, testimonials, case studies, because if you're not showing your value within it, there's a disconnect, and people
1: don't really know, oh, do I want to work with them or not? You're listening to The Bookkeeper's Podcast, sponsored by Zero. I use Zero's accounting and bookkeeping software to
2: manage my clients' accounts, and I love it. If you haven't tried it yet, head over to Zero.com with an X, and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Zero's partner program to join their amazing community, Forward Thinking Accountants and Bookkeepers.
1: Hi and welcome to the Bookkeeper's Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman, I'm here with Jay Wood and we're joined by Susanna Ray today. Hi Susanna, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well and very excited to be here. Oh, we're excited to have you here as well. Um, Susanna and, and, well, we met Susanna virtually through Atomicon, Andrew and Pete's event for anyone who went along to that in person or virtually this year. And we were saying we must have a chat on the podcast. Um, Susanna's an uh, an award-winning business coach. She's a specialist in marketing frameworks. And we're really excited to talk about marketing frameworks, what that means, whether you need to have one. Um, Susanna, I wonder if you can start by telling us a little bit about your background and what you do, please. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, by virtue of the fact that my life had me moving around the world, literally about 20 years ago. So in 2002, I left British Shores and I started sort of moving around. And this was at the time with the advent of the tech and the internet. And it was just moving from the old dial up into like broadband, one megabyte download speed. (laughs) And we were all really excited when that happened. But what this meant is since 2002, I've actually been working online, helping service providers, whether they're coaches, consultants, say I've worked with accountants and bookkeepers as well, like everything from the logical left brain mind through to the creative right brain mind into healers and holistic practitioners because basically the essence of everything I do is how do I help people basically turn their ideas into profit? And obviously, you guys, you're all about profit and helping sort of connect all that together. But it's also how do we stand out as an individual when you've got many other people in that same space? So how do you make yourself stand up and sort of shine, basically? And this all then developed more into I realized I was creating a series of frameworks that I was using for myself to help my own business I was equally struggling like everyone else in the beginning and then by creating a series of frameworks it made it so much easier because it makes you less talk about you and more about what you do and I'm introverted in nature, so I'm not very into the braggy, "Oh, aren't I amazing type of style of marketing. And it's more about what's your unique process, what's your unique view on the world, and how does that come about? And so, yeah, over the years, I've been developing these frameworks, helping people basically market their businesses when they're, they're in a service-based business.
1: Oh, that's really interesting because um, one of the things you said that is interesting for lots of reasons. One of the things that you said there was um, how do you have um, how do you work out like the ideas of the, the things you're going to share? And I think that a lot of the time, actually, for bookkeepers, bookkeepers start businesses because they are good at bookkeeping. Uh, there are, there are lots of challenges with that, which Joe and I support people with in terms of business development through our success program and the success lounge. Uh, but often, one of the starting challenges I suppose of running a business is that people don't see themselves as business owners so things like marketing don't actually they're not really on the radar often as something that people are going to need to think about you know they might they they start a business because they know they know how to do the thing in the business but then they have to find clients and they have to like how do they do that so this is like starting from scratch for a lot of people so how do you even start with having those ideas about what you talk about to help you tell people what you do.
0: Yeah. And it's really tough because as you say, you start as being an expert with your knowledge base and then you're like, okay, now what? <laughs> and I'm quite used to having lots of clients come to me and get, how do I even begin to start? And one of the simplest frameworks, which is probably easiest to talk through and just discuss for getting your ideas out and what to share that I like to share with people is if you have a very simple sort of timeline, if you think about it on the left side of your paper is A, on the right is B, and you draw a line between A and B, and then you think, well, what do I actually do for my clients? How do I get them from A to B? And what we do is we then break it down. So if you have a series of like vertical lines in between and think about the steps that you actually really help your clients with. Because a lot of people, when they're starting out, the problem is, is they're focused on what can they do opposed to how they're helping their clients. So a bookkeeper will be going, well, I know I can do this, that, and the other for the person, but instead switch it around and think about, actually, a where are my clients when they first come to me? What are their issues? Where are they stuck? What do they want to escape from? So it might be, you know, that shoebox full of receipts is where they're wanting to escape from. And what you're getting them to, I'm guessing is these days along the lines of digitally submitting your taxes, even on that regular basis. So it's then just start by mapping out on a piece of paper what are all those steps and by visualizing it in front of you it begins to then spark the other ideas of like oh i could talk about this piece people might not be aware that you actually have to do this little piece along the way because as an expert you will have trained in it all and know the a to z inside out But what you actually share is probably like A, P, and Z, normally. (laughs) And people don't see these little steps in between. But the more you can share your ideas more with your clients, they'll know what to expect because they're still not going to want to do it themselves, but they'll actually have an understanding of what you do and the value you provide. That's why they're paying you for the service because they'll see the complexity that is actually involved and by making this visual that's a very simple starting point but we can turn that into some quite interesting visuals that your clients and prospects can understand when they're browsing your website etc in your marketing
2: it's i the more we talk about marketing uh, the more i realize it's like a mindset game marketing because when you were talking there about um like the components and you did you answered that you said well they're not going to want to do this. But I hear it so many times from bookkeepers. They're scared. The scarcity mindset of, well, if I tell them what I'm doing, they're going to think it's really easy and they can do it themselves. And if I tell them that I'm using software or if I, you know, if I explain this process, then they're going to they're going think, well, I can do that myself. And that's, I mean, how many times do we, you know, other people show us, you know, how to do something. It doesn't mean we want to do it. It's not our zone of genius. It, it doesn't it it's like, oh great, you what it shows is that you're an expert and you do know mm-hmm. those steps already. And you know, maybe there are some people that want to, you know, bootstrap it and not have someone, and that's fine. But if their business grows and maybe they become VAT registered, they might come to you and go, Oh, I don't want to bootstrap on the, the VAT, you know, I want to get so how do we get over the mindset especially when we're new in business so you've got the thing of thinking i've just learned all this knowledge myself i don't want to share it because i've just become this is this is my expertise and also the kind of it's the the fear that someone's gonna find us out that we don't know everything this is the big thing i think bookkeepers have because we don't know the answer to everything there's a fear there. That someone's going to ask, a, ask, ask us a question. And we don't know the answer. And that will show the whole, you know, this facade, uh, facade that we, are, we have no idea what we're doing, that this imposter syndrome is going to be, there's going to be a light shone on us. And they're going to know, oh, you're a fraud. This is all that's going on in the back of the minds of bookkeepers. How do we overcome that and get started with marketing?
0: Oh, there's so much to unpack in that. And I'm like, oh, we've only got half an hour. (laughs) How do we unpack that? That's like a whole thing in itself. But what I would like to highlight from it is one, you're not giving them, even if you're breaking it down into steps, you're probably breaking it down into maybe seven steps maximum. More than that, you'll be completely overwhelming your people so you so you can then begin to see oh I tend to do is it like a sorting job or an organizing or an inputting and then as you say when you spoke about software and you know yes you use software but you've got to know how to input it correctly and what's really useful in marketing terms is you want to step outside of the bookkeeper's jargon and instead relate it to something that everyone else uses. So it could be for instance that, you know, everyone's got a mobile phone. Do they use that capacity that is in that computer that's in your pocket? Very unlikely. And people will even say like taking photos, they don't know how to create and like focus and do the exposure, which you can do on every single mobile phone. So what I would recommend is have a look at things and then see it as an analogy of going, yes, you can learn this, but do know and share. It's like, if you want to be a trained bookkeeper, it will take X number of hours, years, X investment. And absolutely, by all means, go ahead and train in this, or let me do it for you. And I think it's about showing your value that you do need to show a little bit under the hood, if you can relate it to everyday situations, it will make people understand far more because to be honest, as you say, know, people know if they're a numbers person or they're not, they tend to have that sense really early on. But they still, if you're a good business person, you are going to want to know and have an expectation of what you're outsourcing and handing over, whether that's your bookkeeping or anything else. So you do want to know what is the journey that's going to happen whether you're doing it yourself or not because that builds your trust that as you mentioned the bookkeeper is going yeah absolutely I trust them they know what it's doing and the last point I'd just like to pick up on when you said they might be frightened that they don't know the answer to everything is actually just be humble and admit and say but I might not know. If you don't know, say, I don't know the answer to this, but I know someone who does. Let me reach out. And so if they're a bookkeeper who might not be in the VAT registered business space yet, then absolutely say, well, I don't work in that field, but let me hand you across to someone. And it sounds like in your success lounge, you will have people at different levels, different stages, different expertise, and use that community Because you'll get respected more by that business owner. If you actually humbly say, sorry, that is a bit outside of my scope. I'm not used to doing that. But I'd love to connect you with someone who is and you will then get referrals and recommendations because you've been like that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and you're right, lots of work gets moved around within the success lounge. And, you know, we, Joe and I would always say to somebody, because we often get asked, what can I do as a bookkeeper? And we're like, well, you, as, you know, you would never ethically take on work that you couldn't do that was outside of your area of expertise. And it's knowing what that boundary is for you. And then it's great when you know people, you know, that so-and-so is a specialist in this. So-and-so is a specialist in this. It's a great reason to have a niche as well and get known for that. Um, Karsh, you said something about how um, people know if they're a numbers person or not a numbers person. And before this podcast started, we were having a little bit of a joke. Joe and I are both numbers people, but we were having a bit of a joke about how we divide the work up in our business. So and how if it's a form that needs filling in, Joe does it. <laughs> so, and if it's a conversation about this kind of thing, it's my kind of thing. And it was just quite interesting to think about different personality types. If, as bookkeepers, we start putting content out talking about the intricacies of a bookkeeping thing or how we use an app that might help you keep your, I don't know, capture your mileage for your journeys better or something, are the people who aren't numbers people and who are just naturally, they know numbers isn't my thing, are they even going to be interested in what you're sharing? And how do you get the attention of those people who aren't the numbers people?
0: It's your style. Basically, it's how you show up. And if you make it fun, and you can even call them out in the sense like most of these apps these days, the design for every person, the design to be really simple, you don't need to know what the formulas behind the app are, and anyone can input anything. So I think it's about calling it out and actually then say, hey, whether you're a numbers person or not, this app will make it really simple for you. And I, as your bookkeeper, will make sure that the stuff happening behind the scenes is working as it needs to. So don't worry about that piece, but I do need you to be able to input this in the right way. So I would, I am all for transparency in that sense and just make it fun. And you know, they could even hand it off to a five-year-old kid and say, hey, can you type the number 2000 you know, into this box. And if you go, look, they can do it, you can do it. It's not an issue, you know, like make a point that it is quite simple. Because that's the one thing I've seen a huge change from, like since I started working, I mean, I'm 51 now. So it was quite a while ago. And it used to be very boring, dull spreadsheets, you know, where everything got really confusing fast. But now with a lot of the software, it's nice, it makes it easier. And so I would play on what the ease for the client is. So you're not sharing so much about what you do per se, but more what does your client need to do to make your life easier as the bookkeeper?
2: Does that make sense? It does. And I was just thinking about like, with that kind of tool, that mileage tool, you could do a little video of you pulling up somewhere in your car, opening up and think, and then like, that was really easy. Like showing what it physically is like not the bits of you downloading the CSV, uploading that. No, no one wants to see that stuff. But actually utilising that, showing it from their point of view. And that's what you were saying, wasn't it? Stop thinking about all the knowledge you have and how you use the data. What does it look like? What does working with you look like for them? And I think when somebody knows that, that gives them that feeling of sense of certainty and that, oh, that's what it's like, because it's not currently like that with my current accountant. I have to you know, drive. You know, thirty miles away, and knock on his door, and sit there and have a cup of tea, and then wait for him to come out and take my carrier bag. I hear all these things that still happen. I, I took one client that was driving once a quarter into London
1: Whoa. to
2: drop off a box of, and I'm like, what? So, but so, it so, but you have no idea what it currently looks like for them, and we all think, oh well, all our clients, that's their experience. So we assume it's everyone's experience, and it's not. So actually it's really important to keep talking about how different we still are in you know at being in this like top 10 percent of bookkeepers that are all fully cloud and digital it's not the same experience for everyone else so I like that I like that idea and it can be fun it doesn't yeah just stop sharing excel and sh- stop sharing <laughs> the stuff behind the scheme because people aren't going to relate to that are they
0: No, the core to all marketing, and I'm sure Zoe's going to agree with this, is it's got to be client focused. And where people get marketing wrong is when they stay focused on them. So if you can switch it over, that's what you
1: need to do. Fab. Okay, now I know, Susanna, that you're your thing is these frameworks. And, um, and I'd love to know more about that. What do you mean when you when you talk about building a marketing framework to attract your ideal client? What do you mean by a marketing framework?
0: Well, a framework at its very simplest definition is a skeletal outline, connecting ideas together. So when I look at marketing frameworks, and in fact, if I thought about this and knowing we were on camera, I could have had some of the visuals up to share. But what it is, is we take geometric shapes quite often and we divide up and look at what it is that you're doing in different ways. And this can be anything from a triangle, if you think of a pyramid, and it's what are the steps to get to the conclusion or it could be a Venn diagram where you might have three circles overlapping and you think about what are the main areas of expertise that somebody is bringing to the party. And But there's a whole sequence of these and I've developed there's actually over 30 of these Sparkle frameworks that I've developed and trademarked, but they all have five overriding keys that we want to include within them, which if we've got the moment, I can take you through those five keys. Yes, absolutely. Please do tell tell us what we need to be thinking about. So when you're thinking about your marketing as a framework and the frameworks in particular, I love it when we actually move them into visuals, but there are five elements and the first is value. Now, what do I mean by value? Value is, is about the value you provide to your clients, but it's also about the social proof, the trust that somebody comes in and sees you. So you want to weave in things like the social proof, testimonials, case studies, because if you're not showing your value within it, there's a disconnect and people don't really know, oh, do I want to work with them or not? So we really want to embed your values. And I think most business owners at some point might have thought about, well, what values do I want to represent? We've spoken about fun, for instance, already. That's a value I have in my business, because I believe we all work long enough hours as it is. So let's bring in some fun. But there's some other elements as well you can think about. Now, the second key is they need to be valid. So that means it needs to be a valid process. And we've mentioned a little bit about a structure where you could take people from A to B. And so it has to be based on a proven process that you know works for your clients as well. So they understand what is the journey we're going on. And this is what we've already spoken about a little, because any client wants to know like what's the expectation. So give them ideas as well as terms of the journey. How long does it realistically take from them handing over their receipts to you actually being able to file? You know, don't be unrealistic because if you promise a day and it happens in three days, they're gonna be upset. Whereas if you say seven days and you deliver in three, they're gonna be really happy. So think about realistically on your workload, like. It's got to be valid in terms of what you're sharing. Now, the third element is visual. And we're really helped with this That in our marketing that we've got an effect called the picture superiority effect to thank for this, that lots of research has shown that actually 80% of us will remember the information we're given when we've seen it visually rather than by words alone. So if you can turn your processes, your systems into visuals that people can see, people will remember that. And on top of that, Yapton in 1998 did this research that showed 65% of us are simply preferred to learn visually, basically. So the more visual we can be and sharing, the better, of us are auditory learners, prefer to listen by sound, where podcasts obviously really fit into that space. The other 5% are kinesthetic learners, which means touching and feeling like physical experiences. Mm. And that leads me to the fourth key, is you want your frameworks to be vocal, that you can talk through them. Because what I find with many experts is they can talk for a long, long time, about what they do but they lose their people along the way because it's not being succinct so we need to be able to know how to talk about what we do succinctly in a way that doesn't lose people before you get to sharing your gold because when you have conversations that brings connection And then with connection, we get the conversions. That's when we have our clients coming into our business. So you want to have a really succinct way to sort of work around and talk about what you do. And then lastly, the fifth point is your vehicle. And this is the how you actually help people, how you take them from A to B. And this could be in different scenarios. So you think, if we think about vehicles, It could be you're in your own car. It's like a self drive. You're taking yourself from A to B. That means in your business, that could be a self led training that maybe as a bookkeeper, you share with your clients. This is something you can do yourself. Or maybe you run like yourselves, you've got a membership program, and it's like you're getting on a train or a bus and you've got a community that you're all heading in the same direction. Or it could be like you're getting on the private jet and you're going fast track from A to B, and that'll be your high end, your VIP service, where you really help people go further faster because they're getting exactly the answers they need. So when you're building your marketing frameworks, having these five elements, which are value, valid, visual, vocal, and vehicle, if you combine these all together, you'll be touching the bases to really engage people into what you do and helping them know, are you the bookkeeper for me as a business owner?
1: Hmm. Interesting. So um, Joe, Joe and I teach the RISE framework when we do Bookkeepers Bootcamp, which is our free event for bookkeepers. And it, and it's part of what um, it's the Bookkeeper RISE is our book. It, it, it threads through that as well. And I can really see the benefit of having a framework where there are very specific parts and you can group different trainings within different sets and I'm just thinking about for a bookkeeper using this I think everyone listening to this could sit down and think about the, you know, the bag of receipts client and the journey, the transformation journey they take them on and then add, so have that as your sort of standard framework. This is the way we're going to work together. And then how do we take it to the private jet version where, which you're probably adding advisory services and then converse, like almost coaching them to what are their goals financially and business and how are you going to be able to enable them to get there? Um, I can see that. I feel like this is like a an exercise that our community need to do they need to take some time out go and sit somewhere completely different from your normal working space go and like I don't know go to have a spa day while you're like have a think about it while you're sat down having your fancy lunch make your notes and just think about like what does this look like and kind of map it out because I see this as an infographic um yeah but is that is that how you what what's the starting point when you work with your clients how do you help them to start getting this framework out of their minds
0: well it does start to say pen and paper like I'm like leave the tech behind when you're at the starting point and literally it's just start sort of flooding down so whether it's a big mind map on a piece of paper everything you want to do And when I speak about those five different areas, sort of mind map, well, what are my values? What do I have to validate my process? And you can go around these in different ways. So they do come visual, they're a bit more, the way I create the Sparkle Frameworks is the less infographic because infographics are full of words quite often. And they're more visual and they're designed to spark the conversation because it's about integrating the visual with the vocal. So it's when you're speaking about it and different elements will appear at different times as well. So for someone wanting to start doing this, really the just thinking about the A to B journey. And I ran a workshop last month, actually, and I had a bookkeeper on that call. And she was just like, she started the call going, Susanna, I'm not really, like, I'm, I'm not your ideal, by avatar, you know, and using all that framework. And I was like, no, no, this will work for you. And then about 15 minutes into the exercise, she was like, I've just rewritten my whole mission statement. Wow, like, I've just realized this is what I do instead, because she was looking at that A to B, and it turned it as on its head to turning it into what were you doing for the clients?
2: opposed to the processes you focus on it's so interesting because i i've said this time and time again and what you're describing is that is that so often because we are numbers and details people we describe the transactional but what we need to describe is the transformational what yeah. element of what we're doing so we 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 often like overshare the detail that means nothing to people and we need to step away and think you know What is that journey? What is that? And what's the vehicle and how we... People want to know how you're going to get them there. People want to know, you know, um, whether you're, you know, whether you're working with paper or whether you're working in the clouds. And that's all, you know, it's good, but not as much detail. But we want to be talking through how we get you there with the values that we have and what's our vision and how... Mm -hmm. So when... And talking that through, and I think it's really important because people get on with people and rather than, and this, we we see it where people hide behind their logo and, or they put up fake pictures of people that they've never met before and say, oh, look, at this is a team or this is the skyscraper I work from when they're not, they're working from the kitchen. And me and Zoe are always like, you know, show the real you because you're going to attract the people that are going to like you. It's like, you know, we don't want to be best friends with people that we hate, So why do we want to work with people that we just not got the same value? So how important is it to kind of get the personal side of us out there, as well as what we do for people? These
0: days, very important, because at the end of the day, if you're and I'm guessing a lot of your audience are solo bookkeepers, they're working in their own space. And, you know, if somebody was a huge organization, yes, they're going to get that nameless logo accountancy company doing everything for them. But actually, if you're a sole bookkeeper and you're working with small business owners, if people are already going, oh, I need an accountant, a bookkeeper to help me out because I don't like numbers... They're not going to want to go oh but i really hate meeting that person because oh, they took the back legs off me and i don't like that they're going to want to know they can connect with you and that it's going to be a fun experience it's going to be something they'll look forward to so for me i would also say not everyone needs to be fun bubbly chirpy you can be quiet and very to the point because there's a different personality for everyone and it's really important You show up and show your personality because you will attract the right clients for you and they will pick you for that reason. And in fact, yesterday when I was talking to a client, she totally said, yeah, I connected with your energy, Susanna, why I came along to this workshop, because I saw a video of you first online. I loved your energy, so I wanted to come along. We'd never met in person. I mean, we were live in person (laughs) yesterday, but we haven't met physically, you know, in real life, IRL and all that. But it is, it's about sharing your energy and then your natural passion for what you do. Because I think the other aspect that we haven't really covered is... I'm also thinking, okay, bookkeeping isn't my world, I don't know absolutely everything, but I've got a sense that different bookkeepers have speciality areas where they're passionate about and where they like to focus more. And that's also part of showing up as you, as your personal brand, is what are you passionate about? Why do you want to help more people in that space? Whether it's a niche, whether it's a certain system, that's all part of the personal brand. So people go, Oh, yeah, I've got that. You know, if you're neurodiverse, if you're happy to do share it, because a lot of business owners are neurodiverse far higher percentage in the population than employees. So do appeal to everyone, like just be yourself. It's too hard not to be as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually, you know, this is, this has made me think of something I was having a conversation with a friend in business the other day. And, and um, we were talking, there's a new Instagram app called threads that lots of people have joined very quickly. And, um, and because it's a complete, well, it's not completely, it's not a completely different new idea <laughs> of a social media platform, but lots of people have been attracted to using it for one reason or another. And, um, and I haven't, I hadn't really used the other one <laughs> for a long time. And my, my friend said to me, you're different here because you the way you talk is different and you were talking about how some people are visual learners some people are audible learners I'm an audible person definitely and I'll I need to be able to say things in my head and hear it and um and so as much as I love Instagram and I love to chat on a story and things like that it's not practical to do that all day long whereas with threads you can just post your thoughts Obviously, there needs to be some strategy behind what the purpose of that is and what, you know, filter yourself a bit. Um, but, she, you know, she messaged me, she said, you're, "You're, I really feel like I really know you like so much better. And it was really interesting. And I think we need to keep that in mind when we're thinking about who the ideal client is we want to talk to. They might prefer to see you in on a video or they might prefer to hear you on a podcast or they might prefer to read a little extract of something you've written and when you know that framework of what you need to talk about, you can just decide how do you chop that up and share it in different ways.
0: Absolutely, because we will all personally have our preferred method, but our clients might be something that's opposite. And this is why I love frameworks, because they actually integrate all these elements. So if you use a marketing framework, you are integrating the reading aspect, the visual aspect, the auditory aspect, and you're bringing it all together And listening to you, that it sounds like
1: maybe you were being more your real self
0: on Threads. It's
1: easier. It's easier to be, well, for me, it's easier to be myself on Threads, I think, yeah.
0: Because you're mainly texting,
1: like, just written comments. Because it's funny, like, it was, I joined Threads, I think it
0: was like 12 hours after it launched. And it was really sort of written only but then 12 hours later suddenly the gifts were there the pictures were there the videos were there it was amazing how fast the other things and it's only been going I think at this point of recording it's about two weeks old maybe sort of max and it'll be really interesting to see the transition but I think the learning I would say for yourself Zoe from that is you can still be written as well on Instagram but you could have it within a graphic and it might not feel so fast, but it's about showing your personality and bringing it forward. And I think the problem is when people try and overwork anything. So even with artists, this is an issue. So I didn't actually go into, I started at art school. I went to business school. I'm a graduate of both. So I live at this intersection of business and design. And even at art school, you can overwork a painting. Half the skill, is knowing when to stop. And I see the same thing with marketing and social media when people like over finesse, over finish, you don't need things to be perfect to put them out there. And I think that stops a lot of people. And particularly I'm guessing that there might be quite a few listeners who go, no, I'm a perfectionist. I can't get it out there until it's absolutely perfect. But people like to see the non-perfect. And that's what I would encourage. You know, don't worry if there's an odd typo. Normally, it's your phone auto-correcting to the wrong word anyway. So we've all got that excuse going on now. But it's about being you and just being genuine in what you do. And long as you're showing your expertise and that you it's, know your stuff, you're great. Yeah,
2: it's so, so interesting you say that. And it's really good to hear because um, Zoe and I have recently re-recorded and invested money in re-recording our Um, course and we're really really happy with it and it's really pleased but we you know we thought about do we need to be in a studio do we need to be here do we need to do this and that and we've often thought this about this podcast you know we've upgraded like mics and things to make it sound better but actually we don't want to be sitting in a podcast studio first it'd be very impractical but also we know that you know everyone knows I'm in my garage with my pink wall and and Zoe's in our home and everyone knows that we're running this around you know there's five children between us and you know, husbands and cats and dogs and ev- you know we've and that we are still making this work. We're still showing up regardless of the fact we are not in a beautiful studio with all the correct technology. It doesn't need to happen that way. And um, and actually, we're and um, I, I invested recently um, in a course, and I said to Zoe, "I watched the course, and she's sitting at her dining room table, and there was no lack of value or anything. It was, but I had this perception of certain yeah. people because." You know, she's an eight-figure business owner. I was like, I expected it to be different. But actually, it didn't take away. And there was so much to learn from that, that we assume it needs to be this so much more, you know, finessed and like finished in this way and perfection. But actually, we just need to get the value out of it. Just get it out there. It doesn't matter as long as we're doing it and consistently, not constantly, but consistently Mm. showing up. Um, And that's really more important than having all of the gear and no idea. <laughs> I love that expression. Yeah. All
0: the gear, all the gear and no idea. Because you're right. And it's funny, I remember listening to um Mary Folio, who runs business school, and it was about seven years ago when I was listening to her, and she was then like 12 years into the pathway at that point. And she was like, Yeah, go back and see me like on my first ever YouTube. It's a complete mess. But equally, some eight-figure entrepreneurs who are selling courses now, I think they purposely record in their home in the kitchen because they go, well, that's who my clients are. Because there's a level about being aspirational, but there's also that mix of being real. So I love that. As you say, you share that you're running a business, but that's the same, your people are also, we're all juggling in the same way though. My kids are a little older, so they're still like asleep. We're recording this at lunchtime. You know, have I seen them today? No, because they're 16 and 19. You know, it gets to a very different and I'm saying goodnight and they're off partying. You know, it's like, it's very different, but it's about that juggle. And the more we can be ourselves. And actually at the end of the day, we've all got this thing in our pocket, the phone. And actually, you can do everything you need on a phone now when it comes to marketing your business. And what you then add on, you add on with time. And I quite often say to people that even if you looked, I do have a YouTube channel. It hasn't been very active recently. It's on my list to do. But you'll see three years ago, I had a plain white wall behind me at that point because slowly with time and then the wall went blue and then i found these star vinyls and i put them on the wall because as your business transitions and that's the element as well about the visuals it's not just what you put out there it's what's your branding and when you show up can you have that behind you if you are doing videos if you're creating little graphics make sure you've got your colors in there so when people see that because colour is the first thing that our brain recognises far faster than any form of text. But different colours have very emotive psychological connections as well. So you do have to be a bit careful about the colours you choose. But that's a completely different passion. I've, I've been studying colour psychology since I was 14. So another whole
1: tunnel that <laughs> could go down. That's the next that's we'll sticking, to sticking to this. That's next time. Oh my gosh, Susanna, we've learned so much from you. We'll have to have a follow up. Um, Can you I know that you've got a free download, which I'm going to share in the on the screen. If you're watching the video, I'm going to put it in the show notes. If you are listening on the audio, you've got a free guide. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how else people can connect with you as well, please?
0: Yes, the free guide is my spark to scale guide. And in that it's 22 pages, but it's very easily written. There's lots of pictures and images, I will say fast. And it will give you examples of the frameworks that I've mentioned on the call. So it really is a good companion. And that will then sort of help you think about these things further and a few possible next steps. And my best place for reaching me I tend to hang out equally on Instagram and LinkedIn and I'm under my name Susanna Ray so spelt the same way as you can see on screen
1: Super. oh my gosh thank you ever so much that has been amazing thanks everyone who's joined us we'll see you next week for another episode of the bookkeepers podcast take care bye thanks for joining us for the bookkeepers podcast why not join us in the six figure bookkeepers club at sixfigurebookkeeper.club or visit our website, sixfigurebookkeeper.com.